Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. This episode is sponsored by Component One, makers of Widgmo. If you need stunning UI elements or awesome graphs and charts, then go to widgmo.com and check them out. Don't panic, they'll be paid for most of us. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 63 of the JavaScript Jabber Show. This week on our panel, we have Jameson Dance. Hello, friends. Joe Eames. Hi there. Merrick Christensen. Hey. And I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. This week, we're going to be talking about burnout. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you've all experienced burnout. Does anybody else feel, feel weird saying hello into a microphone? Like, I feel like Joe sounded like, a, like this Texan guy. <laughs> like, you never know what you're supposed to say. Howdy, there, Yeah, exactly. There's no, like, response coming, you know? It's funny. Yeehaw! Yeah, I feel you're like just, it's you're like just rolling the dice. Things, so people know it's me. You just never know what's going to come out. Yeah, I know. You really don't. Sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm going to go a little John on this thing. And, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. From now on, instead of saying hello, I'll do this one. Hi-oh! <laughs> <laughs> just get the soundboard. I've got a soundboard here. Yep. Oh, nice. <laughs> we could really, really degrade the quality of the show or improve it. I, I think cool soundboards. We just have. <laughs> I, I thought about getting like soundboards for the different segments, like the picks and stuff, but yeah. It took us like 30 seconds to wander off topic. I know. Let's anyway. talk about burnout. Burnout. What, can we get a definition of burnout? You, Josh, you define it, Jameson. Uh, I was reading on Wikipedia as, as one does when you're trying to learn about something. It says it's a psychological term for long-term exhaustion and diminished interest in work. Ooh, that's very good. Like long-term that. exhaustion. Okay. So it's not just like, I'm feeling lazy today. It's, I'm feeling lazy this month. Mm. Or lazy when I'm at work this month. Do we have to keep it to that definition? Because that's pretty... No, heck no. What's your definition? If you do a defined burnout, it's physical or mental collapse caused by overwork or stress. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, long-term pushing it, and then it's like, okay, I don't want to work. I don't want to do anything serious. I don't even know if I want to play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, the whole physical or mental collapse, I feel like I've been physically and mentally collapsed for years. <laughs> like I peaked at some point in middle school and I just went <laughs> Well, he had a midlife so, crisis at 14. I did. <laughs> so about the same time you noticed the difference between girls and boys. I know. My voice started cracking and all of a sudden I'm just not interested in doing anything anymore. Mental. So, so, so I went through a period of burnout uh, about a month ago, and it was about three weeks, four weeks long. It was pretty bad, and I'd worked this project for nine months, and it was, it was a full time contract. So they wanted forty hours a week out of me, and doing that along with the podcast and everything else that I've got going on, it was just too much. And so, yeah, I mean, I had a hard time bringing myself to want to do anything, any work, any, anything. I played a lot of StarCraft two during that period. Did you really? That's yeah. awesome. We need to make a JavaScript Jabber clan, but that's beside the point. <laughs> so that's an interesting story, Chuck, because it sounds like yours was caused by a, a lot of high stress, right? It wasn't like lack of interest in your job. It was stress that then led you to that. Is that a good assu- uh, yeah, assessment? Yeah, it was stress and the fact that I 
I mean, I was exhausted halfway through the contract, and I still pushed. And so, I mean, you know, I was I was four four more months after I was already worn out. You know, when I finally ended the the contract, and you know, the the reason that I didn't burn out before then, I think, was mainly just out of sheer force of habit. You know, I'd come in here, I'd get on the machine. Um, I was pair programming with somebody remotely, and that helped keep me on on task. And then, as soon as it was over, I was just done. I I just I couldn't do anything. And it was kind of funny because I talked to one of the other contractors that he got. Um, they they downsized us at the same time, um, and he's he's still not on any contracts. <laughs> wow, that's... you know, it's funny you mentioned pair programming because that's been like one of the most strong defenses I've had when I've come into work and I've just been like, man, I do not feel like doing anything today. That, that to me is when pair programming is most valuable because then, you know, I, I have somebody else kind of driving, using their motivation, you right. know, it, it's too, a lot harder to, to command tab and open up Twitter or whatever. And it's, I think it's funny because I think two burned out people pairing really are going to do a lot. It's like neither of them all of a sudden hasn't burned out anymore. You're just you continue to be productive preparing, even well, if you both still burned it's out. It's social pressure. You don't wanna you don't wanna look like you're burnt out in front of this other person, right? Like you can't pair and just be browsing on Twitter and your pair can't just be browsing on Twitter, even if you both want to. So well, the, the other thing is is that when I was burned out, it wasn't that I didn't have the desire to work because I really wanted to, you know, sit down and just crank some code. I mean, even if it was just code that I didn't care if anyone ever saw. But, uh, you know, I, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And I think with with that situation, um, you're both kind of feeding into the motivation for the other person because the desire was there. It was a the motivation that I couldn't muster. That's really interesting. I, I think I'm... I feel I feel dirty admitting this. I feel like I'm trying to come out of a period of burnout right now and I have zero motivation still. It's it's sort of coming back, but it's it's definitely not like I want to go. I do not want to go. <laughs> I want to do anything else besides it. I'm like trying to find other work, not not other jobs, but like I'm trying to focus more on recruiting and other stuff just to get something useful done, but it seems like everyone is is broken in their own special way when it comes to burnout. Do you think that's true? Different people burn out in different ways. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's kind of interesting too because for me, like we live in the in the, in the tech culture and kind of like the art culture. It's like do what you love. You know what I mean? Pick something you love and you'll never question it. But my problem is, is then I'm led to like when I get burned out, then I'm led to be like, oh man. I'm not sure if I love this. I better go be a sandwich artist or a forest ranger or something because <laughs> something so opposite of this, you know, to see if I like it more. But I think that a lot of the, that that advice is is pretty unfounded. The other thing that's weird about burnout is it to me, maybe this is just me being guilty, but it feels really selfish. Like if you are working at a plant manufacturing cars or something, you can't get burnt out like that's called get fired right like we have this luxury of of kind of waffling and, and saying like oh i i don't feel like working today so i'm not going to you know like i don't yeah. know i i feel really bad about it because there are people in, in situations where they don't feel like working and then they go pull like a 14-hour shift at in some awful like fast food restaurant like yeah. they might be burnt out but they just suck it up and i don't know makes me feel bad about it 
Yeah, well, really it makes me just feel incredibly lucky because I think that in this life, there's a lot less self-made situations and self-made people than, than people like to think. I don't think that that concept actually exists. And really, you know, where you are is a matter of chance <laughs> and good fortune. And I think, I, I mean, I have this exact same feeling. You know, I, I see I see my mom, who's like the hardest worker I've ever met, right? And she's working two jobs because she can't get enough hours at this other job. And that just boggles my mind because she's, she's, you know, worthy of of waffling way more than I am. But but just because I've got this skill set that doesn't take terribly long to develop, you know. So yeah, I, to- I totally get the guilt. Well, and you know, there's a difference between burnout and a thought worker versus burnout and a laborer too, right? Totally. <clears throat> so in a laborer, if you get a lot, if you get really burned out, you can still in your mind turn to something more interesting. And a thought worker, if you're burned out and you stop thinking about your job, then it doesn't matter if you're sitting at your desk even typing, right? You're not doing what you're getting paid for. Yeah, and that was part of my issue too was that, you know, I picked up another client and I didn't want to work on their stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I felt bad when I was working on their stuff because I wasn't 100% in it. And, uh, you know, and so I kept I kept uh, discounting my time. <laughs> yeah, at least you can do that when you're working at your company, right? What are you going to do? I guess you can stay late and work to make up for the fact that you felt like you weren't doing a good job during your eight to five. But, yeah, but, but that's still kind that of... It's still, kind of, it's still kind of that negative reinforcement, right? Because, you know, I get in and I do it and I'm like, I got something done, but I really didn't get mu- as much done as I want. And so I'm telling myself I didn't do good enough. And then I'm, you know, docking my own pay. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't a positive thing either. Right. Yeah, you you got to find a positive way to get out of it. Negative reinforcement's not going to help. Yeah. Well, and that's that's some of what I did is, um, it, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna work for an hour on this stuff, and if I get an hour in build, then I'll go and I'll play through a level of StarCraft. And crazy as that sounds, I was looking forward to StarCraft enough to where I was positive and up to close enough to 100 percent to actually get stuff done for an hour. Nice. And that worked out for me. So so what you're saying with positive reinforcement, that's exactly how I got out of it. See, that's that's awesome that that. You can do that because for me, if I'm not feeling like motivated or inspired to write code, I just can't. Like, like the the stuff I produce is just terrible compared to what it would be otherwise if I actually felt motivated or, or inspired to do it. But obviously, motivation and inspiration are kind of cheap drivers because they're so emotional and limited. And but really, I, I work kind of an odd schedule because because if I'm feeling inspired, I try and take advantage of it as soon as I can. Yeah. Yep. So I don't I don't know that we covered like the causes of burnout super well. We talked about prolonged periods of high stress. I think that's a pretty common one. Are there any other causes of burnout that you guys have experienced or seen in other people? Really crappy job. Yeah, and, sure. and a lot of that uh, goes back into either stress or I mean, there I've had jobs where I got burned out and I loved every minute of it. And, uh, you know, I didn't feel particularly stressed, but I was working a lot of long hours. Um, I worked for a company up in uh, Draper in South, uh, Southern Salt Lake Valley. And, uh, they basically incentivized us to kill ourselves for a month. And then the reward was, uh, a pretty nice bonus and an iPad. And, um, you know, after that month, I mean, I enjoyed every minute of it. I loved working with that team. There were a lot of things going on. 
by the time I was done, I was I was burned out. And it wasn't necessarily stress, but you can only take so much of that kind of thing before your body just starts to give up. So just raw hours is another yeah. of burnout. So for me, this is like uber personal, but mostly just OCD and sort of the mental stuff has a total effect on my on my burnout. So, you know, if I'm struggling more with the mental illness kind of stuff, it, it cascades like no no other into the which is kind of the vice of being a thought worker, I suppose. Right. Yep. And I've I, seen I've seen that and I've seen that with the physical illness as well. I think there's a category of causes of burnout that have to do with a organizational development specific um, organizational challenges like constantly changing requirements or lack of clarity in requirements. I've found myself burned out a lot. Oh, yeah. The organization keeps coming saying, oh, thanks for all the work you just did. We decided to do it differently. Do it this way now. Yeah. Or uh, I think people asking you to do something against what you know is best as a developer. So a lot of times startups, or not just startups, but businesses in general don't understand a lot of the good engineering practices. So they'll try and they'll try and skirt them, you know, by setting deadlines for you or something. And that is just an environment of total burnout for a developer because most of the value that you get is in the work that you create. And if you're not creating the work that you want to, then you're not going to be satisfied with your work and you're not going to, you're going to wonder why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah. Extra. Another one is extra fighting. Like, um, you have to do, so one of them might be fighting against requirements but like fighting against coworkers, right? If you have a really difficult to work with coworkers, you're constantly not necessarily arguing, but like fighting to work with them. That's me and Joe on a daily basis. <laughs> were, were you were you watching that nine month uh, project I was talking to you about? Because uh, there there were one or two people involved there that were really hard to deal with. Right, um, and, it, and, and, it, and I, I know that some of those guys on that uh, at that client listen to the show, but. <laughs> and they'll know who I'm talking about, too. And it doesn't have to be like you're actually fighting and arguing, right? It can be just that you have to work around the extra effort it takes to work around them and deal with them. Well, yeah. Just, blow up. just the energy that you have to put into the debates to prove that everything is objectifiably like like qualified. Yeah. Um, every decision you make is qualified. It can be exhausting. And, yeah. uh, too much bike shedding, therefore, is another go- good cause of just bike shedding I don't understand uh, there's a classic reference one of you guys could probably explain it better than I can does that mean so bike tra- shedding is when you argue about small details there's yeah. this story of, of this like government committee meeting and they're deciding how much to spend on a nuclear power plant it's hundreds of millions of dollars and no one argues because they're they don't understand nuclear power plants so some expert says it costs as much it costs as much and then they're arguing about how much to paint the bike shed outside of city hall and they spend hours and hours debating like what color it's supposed to be or something because this is something they understand and they feel like they can contribute to, even though it's such a tiny little thing that doesn't matter. So yeah, it's basically it's, just... Bike shedding is pretty much exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. arguing about small details. Yeah. There's in the a, long run, it doesn't matter. Well, that's not necessarily true because there's also times when you argue about things that actually are really important and the fact that some, like, we should test. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true too. There, there was in in this project that I keep bringing up. We would have uh, re- uh, discussions on the um, on the requirements for the project, um, you know, the different features and stuff that they wanted built in. And I swear, like we would have like one, maybe two hours scheduled for our uh, planning meetings every week, 
and inevitably it would go all day because the you know the requirements were poorly written um you know we'd get in and we'd have to clarify everything and then the scrum master he would take years to to you know he he'd take us off on a tangent for for an hour and then bring us back you know and it's like well okay but we didn't accomplish anything we still have to figure out what the requirements are and you know stuff like that just made it really really hard yeah so another, another good one is uh, management uh, or even really just bad work environment a difficult work environment but something external to even the development team you know if your company is doing things with your benefits or with your job you're worried about losing your job those sorts of things can lead to burnout um, the other thing, I have two things. One is Twitter because it, there's just so much, cool. there's so much negativity on there and I'm always tempted to put negative stuff on there. Uh, but I, but I really like Twitter, but it, for like the correlation of burnout and my Twitter usage are like right next to each other. <laughs> One, uh, so Twitter is like a kind of a burnout for me. And that's funny because you're the, probably the most positive person on Twitter that I, Oh, that's, good regularly. Hear, dude. that's so good to hear. I feel like I'm such a hater all the time. <laughs> no way. You're so happy all the time on Twitter. Oh, so, it's so, a uh, fresh air, Eric. we've talked a lot about some of the things that kind of drag us down, I guess, into uh, burnout. Um, what are some of the things that you guys do to counteract burnout? Can, can I make one more thing that drags me down to burnout? Because I think this is something that a lot of people fall into. Sure. Comparison. Mm, absolutely. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, that's how you say his name, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, he, he was quoted for saying that comparison is the thief of joy. And that's something I fall into all the time. Like I went to Fluent Conf and I was hanging out with Igor and Misko, who's the, they're, they're the tech leads for the Angular project. And the whole time I'm talking to them, I'm just thinking to myself, like, I am human garbage, you know, like, <laughs> like the problems they're solving and what they're thinking about, you know, they're thinking about problem solving problems on the internet as a whole. Or, or, or even when Tom Dale was out here for Utah JS, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just comparing myself to them. The guests that we have on the show most of the time. Yeah, the guests that we have on the show. Every, every time after this show, I have to go down like, like a bunch of antidepressants because, because they're <laughs> so awesome, they're so interesting, and I'm just like, man, I don't know anything about reactive functional programming, and so comparison is just like it, it rocks my world in terms of of burnout. So and I have to be not, mindful not to do it. That's not limited to just luminaries in the industry, right? You can compare yourself to a coworker and get that same kind of burnout. Like totally. anybody comparing themselves to Jameson would feel that way. Oh geez. Only if it's the beard. <laughs> but if you if you look at like the TJ Holloway Chucks, it's like, man, this guy just never stops releasing code. Yeah. You know, like yeah. oh my gosh. But when you stop comparing and start looking at it, you, you end up liking people a lot more because you're not being like bitter or envious. Um, and you're just more just happier. Well, yeah. in some ways, the comparison things comes down to pride, too. Because if you're comparing oh, yeah. yourself against other people, the, the reason that hurts is because you want to be better than them and you feel like you're okay. not. Oh, yeah. It's cause but if you, can, sure. if you can just get over that and notice like use it as inspiration and and not think like I have to beat Tom Dale in the race to be an open source wizard at age 26 or whatever. Like, yeah, it's going to make you feel bad if you look at it like that. But if instead you say like, this is some really awesome stuff he's doing. Um, I want to learn how he does cool things. Then totally. it can be a lot better. Yeah. So I, I say that cause I've 
I totally fall into the same trap of comparison and notice that it's when I want to be better than people that it, that it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, I, I, that's really, that's dead on, man. Yeah. And in, in a lot of cases, at least for me, it's, it's not only one of these things, it's a combination of them that does it. Sure. So it, you know, you have to be careful of, of all of them, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, burnout comes when you're not thinking about the work itself, but when you're thinking about all of these things outside of what really matters in terms of the work. Yeah. So should we talk about how to, it seems like there are three things. There's like the causes of burnout, which we've already talked about. And then there's how to get out of burnout if you're feeling it. And then maybe how to avoid even getting into it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about how to get out of burnout? Chuck talked about it already a little bit. It's just sounded like it was rest for you, right? Yeah, mostly. And it wasn't even just resting. Like, I sit in my chair and I program. I sit in my chair and play StarCraft. So, I mean, ultimately, I'm I'm making a lot of the same motions. I'm just not typing as much. I'm moving the mouse and saying, go attack that thing. But uh, a lot of the rest of it was just spending time with my family, doing the other things that for for me, burnout has a lot to do with not being in balance. And the longer I'm out of balance, the the worse it gets. And and I realize that balance is kind of this thing of flux. So, um, you know, sometimes balance means that I'm spending a lot of time on work. And then, you know, a few weeks later, I'm spending a lot of time on family. And I get that. I get that balance can mean that. And, you know, not just this constant, I spend uh, X percent of my time working and X percent of my time with family and X percent of my time asleep and whatever. But, um, you know, being able to kind of swing the pendulum back the other way was, was really what paid off for me. So, you know, doing some of the leisure stuff like playing a game on the computer, um, you know, spending some time with my wife and kids and getting out of the house and going and doing something fun. I mean, we went to the Living Planet Aquarium in Salt Lake and we, um, you know, I know they went to the zoo a couple of times and we went and did some other things, you know, went and played at some parks and, you know, bike rides and all that stuff. And, and, you know, just being able to do something different and getting the fulfillment in the other areas of my life that are lacking is really what paid off for me. You know, let's be clear here that playing StarCraft 2 on the ladder is not restful. Oh, man. That's a sweaty operation. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I don't play StarCraft 2 anymore, because it's stressful. I just, I I had just bought it. I bought it, like, right right when I got uh, let go from that contract. It's awesome. So Chuck, you have, you're in a, a unique position because you do freelance work. So you have the opportunity to set your own hours and do vacation, whatever you want and stuff. H- how do you deal with these issues when you're not as flexible or say, even if you're freelancing, say you're in the middle of a project that has a tight deadline, right? Where you mm-hmm. don't have the freedom to just say, I'm not going to work as much for these next two weeks. Um, so- what do you do then if you're feeling burnout? For me, it's come down to two things. When I when I get truly burned out, and I'm and I, you know I call it forest ranger mode because that's when I'm thinking about being a forest ranger. I just need to reframe it in in terms of gratitude because because there's so many people who work so much freaking harder and and have not been given all the opportunities and good fortune that I've gotten. You know. Yeah. Uh, and so when I'm when I'm trying to frame it from a just an angle of gratitude, it helps me get through it. But, but, and, and get through it is really the term I'm using. Like, it's something that I just kind of have to buckle down and, and wait and pray till it passes, you know? Yeah. What, one other thing that I want to bring up with that is that when I've had a full time job and I'm burned out and I'm still working on a pro- product or project like that, 
there's usually some momentum that I can kind of ride. And so I can still show up, get my work done, and go home. In this case, I didn't have any contracts, so I was just kind of, you know, not doing that kind of thing. But um, I've been in a couple of jobs where I was completely burned out, and I just kind of rode the momentum of the rest of the team and the project itself um, and, and just worked through it and, until I had a chance to recharge my batteries. And most places that you work, if they're reasonable, will recognize we've been pushing these guys pretty hard for a couple of months. And they'll work something out so that you can get a little bit more time uh, to recover. And if they don't, then go find a new place to work. And for me, it's for me, pair programming's done a lot. Like bef- before, before Joe came and started working here, I I didn't really know much about pair programming. I thought it sounded kind of ridiculous, actually. But using pair programming in terms of dealing with burnout has been just really useful. It, it ties back into that reinforcement that we're talking about here. Yep. Well, and I do think it's kind of funny because I find that pair programming is far more exhausting than programming alone. Like after eight oh, hours yeah. of pair programming, I am just so exhausted and ready to be done. Like I'm, it's, I don't know if burnout is necessarily the right word, but exhaustion. Like I'm ready for a break. I need a break from programming. I completely agree. But if, if I am having trouble getting, you know, getting the momentum or getting, you know, the desire to work, then having somebody else there ready to go, um, it gives me other reasons to do it other than the fact that I love my job because at that point I really don't love my job. Yeah, I think it's like a great workout. You can be tired at the end of the great workout but still be happy that you worked out and not able to continue to work out because you completely, you know, exhausted yourself. Yeah, the other yeah, the other thing is just to take it literally take your job like you're working on something that will never that's not not something that will be finished. Like treat it like an art form. Because then every day you can you can measure what you did for the day and keep going. Like you're not worried about this this finish this finish date or this, and it makes these really long lasting projects. I mean, I've been working on a project for about two years, and and a, framing them like that is so much less overwhelming than yeah. <laughs> like we got to get all this stuff in line, you know, by this date. Even though you have that taking it a day at a time, it's just so much more manageable. The other thing that I, I want to uh, put out there is that. I've worked at places where if I was getting to that burnout stage and I recognized it, a lot of times I could go to my boss and I could say, hey, boss, look, I'm really struggling here with this. Um, I'm, I'm getting a little bit burned out. I could really use, you know, just some time to, to kind of recover. And a lot of times they'll either cut me some slack while I'm at work or they'll just give me the time off. And I've had both work and I've had both work out well. And then I was able to come back and be that much more productive when I was done. That's I, I want to go off um, something Merrick said. I want to come back to what you said, Chuck, too, but um, he talks about taking it one day at a time. And there's this famous quote by someone, I don't know who this person is, but it's in the show notes on Twitter that, that burnout is not caused by working hard. Burnout is caused by not shipping. Um, and I don't know that that's totally true, but I think there's, there's a key to coming out of burnout and that's, having lots of little accomplishments, even if you're not shipping a gigantic product that can still help a lot, but, but you're shipping something. So you're working on some feature and you ship a part of it and it's measurable and you can say, I got this done. Cause sometimes it's caused a lot by just feeling like, like you're slogging and yeah. not much is happening from your efforts. So if you can, if you can see measurable progress from your work, then to me, that's inspiring and that helps. Yeah. Me. I really like that answer. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some truth to that. And if you get some win that you really feel deep deep down in your 
little heart, it really does make a big difference because because then you're motivated by that. I can get another success as opposed to I killed myself for two months and we didn't get anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a few other things we could talk, discuss quickly before we move on to that about how to deal with burnout, especially like burnout in the short term. Like it's the afternoon. I'm feeling burned out. I don't want to work. That sort of stuff. I mean, I know I have a lot of techniques that I use to deal with that because um, drugs. I get a bad case of that, you know, the, the restless or the gee, I could really use a nap around two thirty about every day. Right. Right. And so why don't you take a nap then? What I usually That's do is I just that. get up and go for a walk or something. I mean, even just down to the mailbox and back. Yeah. So going for a walk is an awesome way to deal with it. Working out, exercising, taking care of your body. I feel more tired when I do that. Of course, that's probably some sort of shape, but I'm never like, oh, I just worked out. I'm always like, I'm beating my body up and I'm not training for the Olympics over here, you know? I'm a programmer, not a log, logger or something like that. People, people have never met Merrick, just added about 20 pounds to what they can see, guys. It's true. It's true. Yeah, and that, that would actually double his body weight. It's true. I hope I hope no potential future partners are listening to this yeah. show. Mac, you're training for your career in, in the forestry service, though. Remember? That's actually a good point. <laughs> I like to go to the gym and swim. And, man, I feel so much better at three on the days that I swim than I do on the days that I don't. I've noticed that as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll feel better on the days that Joe swims, too. <laughs> I, no, I think there's truth to that just in keeping up some healthy routines like eating well exercising i'm kind of an introvert so sometimes i'll lock myself in a cave and and that's bad for me in the long term so like seeing people and, and having social interactions and stuff those yeah. those things all work together to make me so i'm gonna, I'm gonna give away one of my picks um but there is an app for the iphone it's called you are your own gym y-a-g-o-g and uh, or Y A Y O G. Anyway, um, it's basically body weight ec- exercises that you can do without any equipment, or maybe with just like a chair or something. And uh, you can do like ten minutes, just you know, in your office or whatever. And you just turn it on and do what it says. Hmm, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, I think another really valid um, tactic to overcome short-term burnout is actually meditation. And like structured meditation, not just like go out and be quiet for a minute, although that's probably helpful, but different kinds of structured meditation, yoga meditation, things like that. Even though I'm, I'm actually not like uh, an expert on any of that stuff, that can really, clearing your mind, kind of let you go back to a problem a lot better than um, you would think. I totally agree. I'm really bad at it, but I've been doing it the last couple of weeks and it's been really nice. Yeah. When I do it. Not that I do it regularly, but when I do, it makes a, a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And one other thing that sometimes I just need to, just need to get away from the office for a little bit. And so I'll go, I'll go get lunch with somebody. I did this when I was employed too. It'd be like, all right, well, we need a break and we need to be able to talk and not be in the office because we need to talk about what's going on in the office. <laughs> you know, just, just to talk through it and process it and get, get, get around it. So we just, go to lunch, you know, or, you know, hey, we're going to go down to 7-Eleven, get a Slurpee or whatever. And uh, usually that was enough. 
if there was something stressful or something, you know, that was leading us to our, toward not being able to be as effective in the afternoon, we, you know, just get out, just change context for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Breaks are a good way. So what do you do if you see a coworker and you feel like they might be experiencing burnout or, or going into that? Talk a lot about what to do yourself, but try to get them fired. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, they're not worth having. You know, and then they'll be won't be burned out of their new job. <laughs> so yeah. one one thing that I've seen is that if you have somebody on your team that is getting burned out, it's usually they're not usually the exception. Usually, you're going to have several or all of, several people on your team or all of your team uh, burned out or close to it. And I think that's really symptomatic of the environment you're working in or the way the organization works. And, uh, you know, you, you need to deal with it on that level. I don't, I don't know that you can necessarily convince somebody to, to change too many things about what they're doing, but you can change the environment as a whole much more easily and, and make a difference that way. Yeah, that's a good point. And then the other thing is, is if you're really worried about somebody, you know, just say, Hey, dude, let's go, you know, get lunch or whatever. And then, you just just tell them, you know, hey, I I care and I've been watching you and you seem a little bit, you know, burned out or whatever. And I just want to make sure everything's cool. That's such a great point because we already talked about this a little bit. It feels like this is kind of a taboo subject. I think this was before the podcast started and like the pre the pre chat stuff. It feels weird. Like we're admitting these weaknesses um, and, yeah. and people aren't going to want to hire us like we're. It, yeah, it totally does. So it's definitely nice to, it feels like I'm taking a weight off my chest, right? Like that I experience these things that sometimes I'm not as productive as I should be. And, and just talking about it with other people can help a lot. So yeah, I have maybe to, this is podcasting as group therapy. <laughs> I have to say that in all but maybe one instance of where I was employed, um, I worked with somebody who was, it was pretty obvious that, that he or she cared about everybody on the team and was interested not just in getting the job done, but recognized that if everybody's at 100%, we all get more done and everybody's life is more enjoyable at work. And, um, so, you know, having somebody around like that and then, ha you know, if they asked, I'd just tell them if I was burned out. Or sometimes I'd be like, dude, I don't know if I can take this anymore because I felt like I could confide in them. And so, um, just being that person in the office where it's, it's, it's very obvious, you know, you're, you're the first person to look at somebody and go, dude, I can tell that you're exhausted or I can tell that there is something going on here. Go home, have a nap, deal with it, whatever, you know, but, uh, you know, recognize that, uh, your family or your life or whatever is way more important than this job. And the second you start, you know, helping people recognize that you value them as a person and that that adds to what value they bring to the team um it, it really pays off and and then you can kind of be the impetus to to help people go okay well it's okay for me to take care of myself because everybody here cares and when i come back then i can come back at 100 percent and do my thing and just rock it yeah that was well said and sometimes you're going to be in a work environment that's just toxic and if you can if you can uh change the culture then great and sometimes there's just nothing you can do i think as an organization to help prevent to prevent burnout largely it comes down to the level of autonomy you can give people like 
the more control people have over what they're doing or how they're doing it, the less likely they are to be burned out. Yeah, I really agree. Yeah, it's it's really true. And the other thing is, is it's not just about autonomy or control, but, you know, really just making it a pleasant place to be. You know, yeah, that, I think that maybe flows that, from autonomy, though. That, that, yeah, but that it's quiet or that it has, you know, music that everybody's okay with playing or things like that. And, and make it not just so that people can express themselves however they need to, but uh, specifically that, you know, everybody's involved in making it that kind of place. I think another thing is, is to have a mission. It seems like people who have a mission in terms of what they're doing are much less likely to get burned out because their motivation comes from a, a different place, you know? Can you expound on that? What do you mean? Uh, so... Because when you say mission, I think mission statement, like... We want to no. actualize key shareholder metrics. And, <laughs> no, you know. when I say mission, I mean some people have a drive to give back to the web because they feel like it's what made them mm-hmm. uh, or because it can be a, a tool for good. Some people have a drive to simplify development for the web because it's just simply too complex and we could empower more people to build meaningful web apps. And that's a lot more than I'm trying to get paid because I'm doing this for this client. Yeah. Yeah, what if your motivation is just care mad that everyone is wrong about everything and you must show them? Hey, if that works for you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that, and, and we have to realize too that everybody, and I've kind of alluded to this in the in, in, talking before, but you know, everybody has lives outside of the office. And a lot of times that can, you know, that, that brings their stress level up and then it's real easy for them to burn out when they're at work. And so, um, you know, recognizing those kinds of things, it, it really does make a difference if you recognize that people are people. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and also that just makes work way better, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And like, if you're working with people you trust and they're your friends, I mean, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. way It, it just makes it more meaningful and your relationships are there, there better. Everything about it, I just think is better. You know, and understanding how people get motivated really helps. There's an awesome book, uh, Drive by Daniel Pink which is about motivation, surprising truth about what motivates us. And there's a really great YouTube video. It's like 10 minutes long. that really gives pretty much everything that's in the book. And it basically says, you know, autonomy, purpose, and mastery are what gives people motivation. So if an organization can provide that, I'll give the link for the show notes. But that's a, it's a great video for those few, probably every one of us have seen it, but for people who haven't seen it, it's an awesome video about how people get motivated. Yeah, I've seen it. It's, it's pretty cool. All right. Well, um, is there anything else that anyone's dying to add before we get to the picks? I just want to uh, say that my friends and I over IM, we have a special code that we use whenever we're feeling unmotivated. And that is uh, we use the line from Star Wars when uh, they're buying the units, when Luke and his uncle are buying the robots from the Jawas. And the one blows up and Luke says, this one's got a bad motivator. (laughs) No, I think there's a, another really good tactic for dealing with uh, burnout, and that is um, with the you know the internet age with YouTube. There are so many videos out there that are actually very inspiring, and watching inspire inspiring material can really be a great way to get over like burnout, especially in the moment. Like seeing things that are inspiring and motivate you, and finding whatever it is that motivates you. <laughs> but but then you 
you end up getting pulled into the deep wells of YouTube. I was going to say, yeah, that leads to <laughs> and cat videos. Watching, like fight videos in Russia and <laughs> like, <laughs> nice videos and like Wait, it's, it it's a dark tunnel, man. It's a dark. Oh, yeah. Or, or or Ted talks on Ted that are inspiring. Anyway, if you can avoid those, but that if you can avoid that, the uh, cesspool that, that leads you into, but just yeah. stay up with the uh, motivational pieces. I think that's another great way. Just stop for a little while and watch something motivational about getting things done and, um, you know, accomplishing things. Like I last night I was watching uh, America's Got Talent. And uh, there's all these, you know, ordinary Americans trying to do something. They don't know if they're going to suck or add it and fail or, or win. And seeing those people, you know, do something amazing, I found very motivating. Like I wanted to go down and program again and, you know, solve the world's problems. Joe's Got Talent. Yeah. Actually, I don't, but looks like I'd never go on that show. Well, um, overall, I think I think this uh, conversation has been very helpful, and I think it'll be helpful for people who are, are going through something like this. And honestly, uh, the the last thing that I want to add to this is just that burnout is a symptom of something being wrong. I mean, whether it's you know that you're out of balance or that you're exhausted or whatever, um, you know, if it's an organizational thing with the place that you're working and you can't get out of the burnout without getting out of your job. Do yourself a favor and find another job. Find another job that will fit you. And and realize that it's not that the job is bad. It's just that you and the job don't fit. And and so it's okay. It's it's not a big deal. But I want to make sure that that people understand that, you know, everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's going to experience this a little bit differently. And we're all going to go through uh, different things when we experience it. And uh, depending on what your situation is, there may be different ways to combat it. Anyway, um, let's get into the picks. Joe, what are your picks? All right. So my first pick is going to be what I already mentioned, America's Got Talent, the TV show. It just barely started airing a couple of days ago for the season. And I think it's a great show. Love watching it. So I'm going to pick America's Got Talent. And then uh, there's a book that I just barely started reading, written by Richard Castle, who's not an actual person. who's a <laughs> fictional character on TV. But he's published this fictional character on TV played by Nathan Fillion. And what's great is the books have pictures of Nathan Fillion on them. Even really? Though they, yeah. Yeah, they have, his, they have his picture on the cover, on the jacket, right? And then like awesome. a biography about Richard Castle, who doesn't even exist. I, I assume all the novels are written by like the screenwriters of the show. Mm-hmm. But the, the show is about a novelist. And then they actually been publishing novels that the novelist in the TV show is publishing. And they're publishing in them in real life and... Anyway, this one just came out. It's called Stormfront, and it's kind of a sort of a Bourne, Jason, or James Bond, Jason Bourne type of a character type story, super spy. And I read the one on Kindle. There's one that's out just for Kindle, and then this one just came out, and it's actually a published in you know hardbound. Um, and it's just they're just the the Kindle one was just awesome. So I'm really excited. I'm just barely starting the uh, this other book. It's called Stormfront by Richard Castle. Again, a fictional a book by a fictional character. All right, Jameson, what are your picks? So I have two. Well, I guess I have three. My first one is this blog post by um, a person working at the Khan Academy, and it's talking about their experiments with machine learning. Um, If you've ever used the Khan Academy, they have these exercises that go along with the videos, and they're trying to determine when people have mastered the material and based on what material they've mastered, what things they should look at next. Before it was pretty dumb. Oh, go ahead, Mary. It sounds awesome. Oh, it's sweet. So, so before it's just like it was this list of exercises. You do them, 
and you get a little check mark for that subject. But if you did differential equations, it would still have this giant web of other exercises and like addition would be like, you should try addition if since you did so well on differential equations. It was, it was well-meaning, but not the best. Um, and they just detailed the techniques they used to, to learn when people have mastered things and to, from there, extrapolate what they should already know if they've done things and what they should try next. So it was a really good read. My next one is a game by the maker of that Quap game where you control the guy's thighs and, and calves to make him run. <laughs> Just like a hilarious web game. This is a similar one. It's called Get on Top. It's two players, multiplayer, um, but on the same computer. And you're just these two stick figures that are holding hands and you're trying to knock each other over. And it's so simple. These guys, this guy's games are all just one mechanic, dirt simple, but super fun. Um, so this is our new competitive pastime at the office. Um, my last pick for myself is just if you are feeling burnt out or you want to talk about stuff, uh, you can totally just email me or, or DM me on Twitter or whatever. And I'll, I would love to talk to people about this because I've been helped by friends lending an ear when I just wanted to gripe about things or when I was feeling down. So those are my picks. Awesome. And AJ in the chat asked you to pick his picks. Did you want to do that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I got to scroll back up to him. So go on to someone else and then I'll come back. All right, Merrick, what are your picks? So my first pick is this video from, I, I, I'm going to butcher his last name, I think, but it's Ben Bernanke. Bernanke? Ben Bernanke. Bernanke. Thank you. Uh, to Princeton grads. And it's like a commencement speech. And the title is The World Isn't Fair and You All Got Lucky. Uh, and when you watch that video, just the fact that you're able to listen to this podcast would put you in more of a frame of gratitude. I, I really liked the, really liked the video. So I'm going to post a link to that. The second thing is mostly that I just feel super vulnerable after this show. And I feel, I feel like I could totally be judged. So I might be taking Jameson up on that offer. But if people, if people want to email me or tweet me or too, I'd love that. So. Give Merrick hugs. That's the pick. Yeah, that's all I want, guys. Awesome. Jameson, what are your picks? Or Jameson, what are AJ's picks? <laughs> so AJ has two <laughs> picks. One is a company called General Assembly. I think they do training in technical stuff. So he's he's really up on that. And the next pick is AJ's plea for a room to rent in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> so get in touch with him if you know anything about that. Awesome. All right, well, I'll go ahead and do my picks. So um, I've been getting back into shape, um, which is one of the ways that I combated uh, burnout, and we talked about that. So one of the picks I already mentioned is You Are Your Own Gym. I've already put a link to that in the show notes. Um, the other ones that I've been um, using lately to get into shape, I've been doing a lot of running, and so I've been do using the Run 10K app and the Nike Running app. And the reason that I use them both is that... Um, the Run 10K app only uses the GPS in your phone to determine how far you've gone. And so when it's raining outside and I don't really want to run in it, I go down to the gym and I run on the track, which is a big loop. And so by the time I'm done, it says, great, you ran for one hour and you got 0.25 miles in one hour. <laughs> because, I, you know, I... Didn't go that far. Uh, the Nike running app uses the accelerometer in your phone along with the GPS. And so um, when I run on the track with it, it actually tells me that I ran four miles or whatever on the track. 
And so I tend to use them both, and I really like them. So uh, anyway, those are my picks, those three. And uh, one last thing that I want to mention is that um, we ran into a problem with FeedBurner. Um, it's the same problem that Ruby Rogues had. And so you'll notice that the first 10 episodes of this podcast are no longer in the feed. Um, I'm working on fixing that. Um, but just be aware that over the next few weeks, I'm going to transition it back to the main feed that's on WordPress that's hosting this podcast. And then I'll set it back so that it shows all the episodes. So um, in a couple of weeks, if you stop getting episodes, you're going to need to resubscribe. Um, it's not a big deal now, but I'm going to announce this at the beginning of the next episode. And then when that episode's released, that's when I'm going to make the major transition. So um, just a heads up that uh, things may change here over the next few weeks. And with that, we'll wrap it up. We'll catch you all next week.